Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. Is there anything that we can do to change the Word of God? Well, I don't know of any, do you? Is there anything that could change John 3.16 that says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. How's it go? Whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Could anything change that? What if you woke up in the morning and you found out that we had been taken over by another nation and we were under the regime of a communist nation? Which we won't be and that's not going to happen. But it would, would it change for God so love the world? Nothing would ever change it. Now, that went to, I went to an extreme, but I'm just saying, but... Well, if you can't change that scripture, then you can't change any of them. Hmm? So this is the confidence that we have that if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we have the confidence that we have a petition that we desired of him. So Deuteronomy, he said in verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live. Now you might say, well, that's Old Testament. Well, it is Old Testament, isn't it? Let's read that one more time. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I've set before you life and death. There's blessing. There's cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live. Would that resemble a little bit of John 10, 10? Hmm? Satan come to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. That would be the curse, right? Jesus said, I come to give you life, life more abundantly. That'd be the blessing, wouldn't it? And then would not John 10, 10, the choice be in our court? Wouldn't be in his, would it? So we could almost say Deuteronomy 30, 19 is John 10, 10 in the New Testament. So <clears throat> things that we're familiar with is life for all of us is choice, choice driven for every one of us. And um, where we make those choices is really... Uh, in our soul. So the soul makes a choice every day. You know, the Lord's not deciding whether you're eating meatloaf or liver. And your body may, may have a vote, but really it comes from the soul. The body can desire certain things after a certain while, whether it's a taste or whatever the habit may be, but really it's all those things, you know, find their foundation uh, right out of the soul. So we, out of the soul is, is where the, uh, the choices are made. And that's where, uh, you know, that's part of the, the three-part being of a mankind in it, spirit, soul, and body. And it really should be in that order. Sometimes it gets quoted the other way. I know um, I was reading a book the other day, and, and someone said the man's uh, made up three parts, body, soul, and spirit. 
And that would be true, but it'd be better to, to uh, quote it the way it was written, spirit, soul, and body. So I said, what's the difference if it's the same? Well, it's because, because we, we, we need to be more spirit conscious than we need to be soul conscious or body conscious because you're not a body. Right? In other words, you could, you could have a problem with your body, but that's not you. You could have a problem with your, with your, with your knee or your foot or your neck or your, a tooth. But believe me, you're not a tooth and you're not a knee and you're not a pancreas and you're not a heart. And one day when any of those things stops and we leave the earth or we just go to sleep, we'll leave the body because the body's not you. The body's what? The spirit being. That's the real you. Peter called it the hidden man of the heart. So, uh, so we'll say it this way. We said it this way before. Whoever or whatever controls your spirit, I mean, or your soul, you know, your mind, your will, and your emotions is who or what is controlling your life on a daily basis. You, you believe that? So that's who's going to be in charge. So the destiny of my life or the, or the quality of my life is really determined, you know, out of my, out of my soulless realm, which is why we have to be, um, and I know this is, I'm preaching to the choir, but, but uh, that's the reason why we, we can't never get really away from Romans chapter 12, where Paul says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Don't conform, but transform. Uh, it's easy to conform, but he says, don't conform. Transform. By, and then he tells us how to do it. And thank God he told us how to do it. He said, you do that by renewing your mind. Now, notice, notice here he didn't say spirit. Because we just made, well, in our previous statements, we made spirit supreme, which is. But here Paul said what needs to be renewed is not your spirit. What needs to be renewed is what? Your, your mind. Because the life of God's in your spirit. The Holy, the Holy Spirit's in your, in your spirit. Uh, you have the nature of God. And the Holy Spirit doesn't need his mind renewed. I don't think I've ever said that. But, but it's true. I don't, I don't think he needs any information at all. I don't think so. Uh, I hope he doesn't. Hallelujah. <laughs> so that word renew is, uh, you know, is the word that we also would use and, uh, in a secular word, and that would be to renovate. You know, we renovate things all the time, whether it's uh, homes or, or automobiles or, or furniture. It could be a lot of things. And that also means restore. We were talking about restoration just a couple weeks ago. And that means to, to take it to an earlier condition by repairing, by repairing or remodeling to impart new vigor, to revive, to bring back to a good condition, to make fresh or sound again as, the, uh, as, as though it was new. It means to clean up, replace, worn out, broken parts, repair. And that's, the, uh, the, that's just out of the, you know, the dictionary, like the Webster's. But in God's sense of renew is not just to bring back to the original condition. God did not renew us to, to our original condition. Uh, he didn't take us and put us back in Adam before Adam sinned. Hmm? I mean, 
It was a great day before Adam sinned. But after that, the damage had already been done. So God didn't come us back and put us back in Adam and say, now I'm going to you know, just forget that ever happened and then we're going to start here. Well, because of Adam, you know, his sin, he was uh, what you might call, he was kind of the, the federal head of all mankind and his sin became our sin even though we weren't there. So we all died spiritually. But in Christ, we all live, don't we? So the, so the deal is this. The question is this. As new creations in Christ Jesus, who do we identify with? So are you in Christ or are you in Adam? First Corinthians 15 asks that question. You know, there's the natural and there's the spiritual. The natural came first, uh, but God didn't breathe into you the life of Adam. So Jesus is actually called in the scripture, he's, he's called the last Adam. The last Adam. So the first Adam got us into a big mess, and the last Adam got us out of all the mess. Hmm. So God, uh, using Jesus as the second Adam, restored us back, put us back in perfect fellowship. So I, I, I know you know all these things. So we're, we're, we've been restored not to an earlier condition. In that sense, we've been restored to a place that had never been before. Amen. And uh, and that's good news. So we're 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 not we're not fallen men. We don't have dual natures. I mean, there's still people that teach that we have a dual nature. We have we have a we have a spirit nature and we have a sin nature, and that's why they they're reading the book of Romans and they're thinking Paul's saying, you know, I got I got God in me and I got demons in me and they're fighting all the time. And on Tuesday the demons take over, and on Wednesday I come out a little bit, and Thursday the demons come back and. If, if it's Good Friday, you know, the angels come back or my... No, that's not what he's talking about at all. So he's, he's talking about the flesh or the spirit. He's talking about either the born again man or the fallen man. Hmm. But you're always, if you're born again, you're born again. If you're born again, you're in the spirit. If you're born again and, act, and you're acting crazy as a road lizard, you're still born again. Whatever road lizard is, I know. I always heard that all my life. I don't even know what a road lizard is. But anyway... But you're, you're, you're born again, but that doesn't mean your mind's been renewed, right? So our mind has to have an undertaking. And uh, so we're like, uh, you know, we're like the, the caterpillar who goes from a caterpillar to, or a worm-like to a beautiful butterfly, and then we'll fly the situation. So when the life comes in, there's a retake. There's a do-over. That's what, you know, renovation is. It's a, it's a brand-new do-over. And for some things to be done over here, I mean, you got to, I mean, you got to go down to the foundation. You know, in remodeling, sometimes you just can't take off this and that. Sometimes you just got to take it all the way down to the, the core of things, or to the foundation of things, if you're going to remodel something. And uh, so we, we, we've been made new in Christ, and uh, something that never existed before, but, but your soul did exist. And... Uh, Certainly, you'd have got an upgrade, but believe me, it's there's still there's still a catching up to do. Amen. And th- and so that's where a struggle is 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 in the sense of the struggle of saying, well, I I, I believe the word, I believe the Bible, I, I I believe in this, and I believe in that, and I believe healing's mine, and I believe prosperity's mine, and I believe God answers their prayer. But why am I struggling? Well, you're not struggling in your spirit. 
Your spirit has zero struggle to it. Amen. You got life to life, uh, Holy Ghost wallpapered in your spirit, but it's it's just our soul. It's our soul, and then uh, you know it's like a democracy. And then your body, you know, it, the, the 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 feeling part of us and out of our emotions, then our body will just follow who's ever in charge. Always, you know, the body's just neutral. It'll just follow who or whatever's in charge. And uh, <clears throat> when you so if your soul is vacillating back and forth and can't make a decision, God said you're going to have to choose. You're going to choose life. You're going to choose death. You're going to choose blessing. You're going to choose cursing. He said you're going to have to choose. He said, now I'd rather you choose life, but you have free will, so you choose. And uh, so the enemy comes and he wants to divert your attention off the word of God. And by directing our, or redirecting our focus through our, through our senses, and that's where we have to choose, and that's where the critical decision uh, comes that we that we choose the right way. Um, tonight, I want to just focus on two main things that you that you know a lot about, but sometimes we know a lot about something and we forget what we do know, and we forget how powerful they are. And this is brought back to me by asking a question days ago, and I'm, I may get into it just a few. I mean, uh, we don't have much time tonight, but I may get into it just a little bit, a few minutes. If not, maybe Sunday. Uh, but everything in the universe, everything, not mostly, everything in the universe begins and responds with two things. Only two things. Uh, it's, 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 it's two elements. And we have to understand that we have spiritual law, we have natural law. And we have faith and we have fact. And if gravity works... In Alabama, but it doesn't work in Georgia. And if it works in Mississippi, but it doesn't work in New Hampshire, then it's not law. If it works in South, you know, uh, if, if it works in uh, Australia, but it doesn't, you know, work in Canada, then that's not a universal law. That would be a, a geographical phenomenon. But how many know that, that God has spiritual laws? That if they're put into motion, they work for everybody. Otherwise, it would not be a law. Hmm? If you go into a restaurant and it, and it says no smoking, you know, uh, I guess most restaurants now are that, aren't they? About everywhere. But, you know, years ago, they would ask you, do you want to sit on the smoking or non-smoking side? And I don't know, there's probably still a few left, but there's mo most of them are no smoking regardless of what the restaurant is. And that's the law. You say, well, I'm old enough to smoke. Well, they don't care. It's no smoking in this facility. Hmm. If it says 60 miles an hour, then that's the speed limit. It's not, it's not according to your age. It's the law. You say, well, I can drive 570 or 80 or 90. They, they're not asking that. They're telling you this is the speed limit in this area, and, and you're to observe it. Well, God has laws. One of them is, you know, one's, one's gravity, but he gave you a way. He gave you a way to overcome gravity. Just, just be in your yard one day or just be near an airport and you'll see an airplane in the sky and you'll see that God made a, a law that could supersede the law that works all the time. And, to, and supersede gravity, he, he made a law called the law of lift. And if you can get the plane going fast enough with the right wingspan and it stays at enough speed and enough wingspan, uh, the law of lift can overcome the law of gravity. But if you slow down too much, or something happens to an engine, or happens to one of the wings, 
then gravity is going to take back over and it's going to be the law and you're about to go down. So in other words, there's certain things that happen that's just fact, you know, in your life. And, uh, but you could overcome that with a great law called faith. Hmm? Well, he, he, you know, he says, uh, the word says that our bodies, uh, day by day, there's a decay in other body. Um, everybody in here, no one, you don't have to get happy about this, but everybody, everybody, even if you're one, one day old, everybody's in the process of, of dying, right? I mean, there's no way out of that, and uh, unless Jesus comes. But I mean, if you're you're a minute older, you're a day older, you're a, near, a year older, and uh, then uh, I mean, I, I I go to sometimes, and I'm sure same when they see me. I see people sometimes I go to school with, and saw someone the other day, and Michelle and I were talking about it. She said, "Was that so and so?" I said, "I think so." And she says, "Well, you you know, I'm thinking if it is, I mean, I know him real well." but I haven't saw him in 30, 20, 25 years. It looks like the guy that I knew is in there somewhere. And I think he was looking at me trying to figure out the same thing. I'm thinking, wow. Man, look what time does. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, jokingly, I'm thinking, man, does it hurt? <laughs> and he, he, he might have been thinking the same thing. But the deal is this. But he said, but the spirit's what? Even though the body decays day by day, the spirit's renewed. But how many know that God gave us a way to be able to renew our bodies? Isn't that good? Now, we'll all come to an end one day in the sense of that we'll be through, but it doesn't have to be out of tragedy, does it? No, we can just lay down, go to sleep, and wake up in heaven. That's, that's the way to do it if you can, or if you want to, if you will. And uh, so, uh, but these two elements are the same things that. The universe begins, the universe began with, and then it responds to, and that is um, thoughts and words. Thoughts and words. Uh, because the, the, they, they're all creative substance, and they shape and they mold the destiny of your life. So whatever you're harboring, whether secretly in your heart or openly, uh, it could be openly, you know, declared like as a, a goal or a mission. Uh, an individual, a company could have a, a mission statement or a goal. An individual could. But in the realm of thoughts, you know, whether secretly or whether openly, one day will be revealed. Now, the, the principle of that, what I just said, is found in 1 Corinthians 6, 4, and 5. And... Uh, the New Living Translation says, He will bring our darkest secrets to light. And He will reveal our private matters. Then God will uh, give to each one the praise that is due. So He's saying that which is hidden will be brought to the light. That which you can't see will be manifested. In other words, this is the Genesis principle out of the Paul's to my first Corinthians. He says, when God came to the earth um, in Genesis chapter one, he began to he took his thoughts and his desire and he created 
everything in this earth, in this, in this universe, with his words, but it came from the, from the imagination and the thought realm. Right? He didn't just speak words without thoughts. Someone says, are both of them important? Yes. So which one's the most important? Both. Because it was, if you speak without thinking, I won't I ask you to raise hands if you've ever done, if you've ever done that. If, you, if you've ever just spoke when you shouldn't have spoken. Anybody, well, I mean, I, I have. I wish, boy, I could take that back. And, uh, well, God had, a, God had a desire. He had a thought. But he released that in, in, the, uh, in the realm of the spirit, he, he being the spirit, he released it in word form. So the two elements that created the universe and runs this universe is thoughts and words. Thoughts and words. And you say, well, we know all this. Well, it's the most powerful thing to, to know. I mean, we could go through Revelation night and talk about all kinds of things in Revelation about prophecy, but I'm telling you what, you better, you better keep remembering some about words and thoughts. Uh, if, you could explain, uh, you know, if you could explain the greatest mysteries, but you don't understand words or thoughts, you're in a mess. Paul said if you do all mysteries, if you had faith that you could move any mountains, he said if you don't love people, you don't love, he says you're nothing. Hmm. So we 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 can ooh and awe over uh, the prophetical book of of a, a Revelation being opened up by someone who has great understanding and revelation of it. But if that person is not a person of love, what he's speaking of means nothing. Hmm. So the so the principle once again is First Corinthians four and five, and he says, "I'll bring out the deeper the darkest secrets to light." And I'll reveal the private matters, then God will give to each one his praises due. So as a seed, it's just like he, what he's saying is a seed, if you plant a seed for a time, it's hidden. But in time, in time, its, it's true essence will be seen and realized uh, to everyone who has access to it. So whatever you're, whatever you're harboring in your innermost thought life, you know, is uh, sooner or later going to be revealed in the outer area through words. You're, you're going to release your innermost thoughts. And it'll, it'll happen under, under the greatest pressure. Hmm? I mean, I'm talking about pressure. Under the greatest pressure, what, you, what you're thinking and believing now, you, you, you could have a day that you say something in your heart that you don't believe, but under the greatest pressure, what you believe will come out. Hmm? If, if, if you knew you had 15 minutes to live, and you had the choice of spending the 15 minutes with who you would like to spend 15 minutes with, it would be the the most pertinent conversation. If if I if I was going to leave the earth before Saturday, I could care less who Alabama plays, or if Nick Saban 
decides to be the volleyball coach, I could care less if I'm leaving Saturday. Now, if I'm going to be here for another week, I want him to stay. <laughs> but, but see, that's the, 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 you know, I mean, you're, you're getting down to the, I got 15 minutes. So your words are going to be valuable. Your words are going to be chosen. They're going to be, you're going to want to speak into whoever's life that's the most, the closest and dearest to you because you're going to go meet God. Right? So under the greatest pressure, under the greatest pressure, um, what he's saying here is the seed that's planted is eventually going to be time, the true essence of it is going to be revealed. So once again, you don't have to be with someone when they plant the seed to know what they planted. But if you go back in a few weeks, you'll find out what they did plant because it'll, when it penetrates through the ground, first the blade, the ear, and the corn, and you'll see what it is. So, the, so that's the principle that whatever is hidden will eventually be brought to the light. So we're instructed to take control of our mouth, and, and, and we know that. So the ability to succeed or to, to increase and uh, is first tied uh, to how well we, we choose, choose life or choose death, and then take control and direct our words and our thoughts according to your choices. Now, um, these, these two things, words and thoughts, and words and thoughts, and words and thoughts, and then, and then having our mind renewed to this thing. Um, it's kind of like when we talk about taking control, uh, we, we won't turn here because you know the verse too well. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, right? It's, it's kind of like taking control of your thought life. It's kind of like driving a car. You're, you're going to have to make adjustments every few seconds. Even on a straightaway, even if you had a front-end alignment. I mean, I mean I, I've done it before. You know, after front-end alignment, be on the interstate when it's straight and take my hands off to see how long it stay in there. Everyone ever done that? And then, but eventually it's going to look, it's going to veer to the right or veer to the left, even on a straightway. And if you just take your hands off the wheel long enough, it's going to choose a path for you. <laughs> and there will be a, there'll be a consequence of that choice by taking your hand off the wheel. So it's like driving your car and it hits the, it goes up on the shoulder. What do you do that you, you, you have to kind of jerk it back up on the road in order to stop any damage or destruction to, you know, to your vehicle, to your life. So if your life's going to change, then you're going to have to think for a change. And you're going to have to make choices against your soulless realm. Because your soulless realm, I, I know it almost makes it sound like it's a, you know, it's a, a, a demon. It's not. God, God gave us a soulless realm to bless us, but not to run us. Because your soulless realm is just going to, is just going to give you information. It's the, it's the sense information. It's going to say, this is great. We like this. This, is, this tastes great. This feels great. This hurts. I don't like that. I don't like her. I like him. So all that comes in the soulish realm. And so your soulish realm is gonna is just gonna bring you knowledge and information, but the spirit is gonna have to process the information and and determine what's credible and not credible. See what I'm saying? Because if we take incredible information, 
and we let it sit on, in the realm seat, in the reigning seat, then that's what's going to control your life is your emotions. And we can't let it do it because you're a spirit being. So how can you run your life in a positive sense and how can you run your life in a godly sense and get a godly income with the word if you don't know God and you don't know his word? How can you sift thoughts if you don't know what, what to sift? If you don't know the will of God in the matter, then how do you know what's right from wrong? I mean, it should be like putting me in a, behind a cockpit of an airplane and say, what are you going to do first? Get out of the, get out of the seat. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do first because I don't know what to do first. Well, so we have to do this with our sense realm. In other words, we have to say, God said this about my family. God said this about my finances. God said this about my health. God said this about my finances. Whatever it may be. But everything in the sense realm says this. And there's the controversy. That's the fact and the faith. That's like gravity is the law. Well, Solomon told you there's a lot of things that you can do if you want to come to utter shame and poverty. He says, follow this, and this is how you come to shame and poverty. But if you don't want to come to shame and poverty, do this, and you'll get this result. Hmm? So, having said that, that's the law against a, a faith in fact. In other words, this is a this is a fact. This is what it is in, in the realm of the, the natural or the sense realm. But the higher realm, God's realm says, but this is the truth. So gravity works for everyone. If you climb the top of this building and you jump off, you're gonna you're gonna go down. You say, Well, I'm a teenager, you're going down. You say, but I'm four years old. You're going down. You're, you're, you're not going up. You're going down. If you're on a 50-foot building, you're going down. If it's, if it's 10 stories, it's down. I mean, they were showing, you know, 9-11 stuff again today, of course, on the anniversary. And some of you might have saw some of the, you know, the 18 years ago what happened. Some of the people who was, they had a choice between being burned alive or jumping out of the building, and they they jumped to their death because they didn't want to be burned to death. That's a terrible choice to make, wasn't it? And, uh, well, so faith, faith versus fact. Well, it says, well, this is, this is what's going on. Or the x-ray says this. It does say that. But I can, I can, supersede, I can supersede this like I can supersede gravity with the law of lift. Hmm? In other words, I can change it. I can change the outcome if I supersede a fact with the truth. And I, and I know you know all this. So uh, just as a seed does the same thing. We put it in the dirt, but it's not, it's not the manifestation. But it has the manifestation uh, inherent within it that if it gets planted and watered and it has time, it will become the manifestation of why you planted it. True. So, uh, otherwise, it looks it look you know funny just putting seeds in the ground, covering them up in the dirt. Say, "Ooh, we're gonna have corn here in about two months or whatever time it takes." And uh, well, where, where's it at? Well, it's under the ground. Well, I don't see it. Well, I planted it. Well, where's where'd you plant corn seed? Where's the seed? What's in the dirt? 
Well, I don't even see the I don't even see the seed. I know covered up with dirt. Why would you do that? Because I want corn. Hmm. God just said, if you plant corn and you put it in dirt in the right kind of dirt and it gets water, you'll have corn. We believe that. We don't think nothing about it. Hmm. Have you ever had corn before? Well, then you believe it. But you can. That's that's the same thing with everything. If God said this, if you plant this, this is what you're going to get. He said, if you sow hate, you're going to get hate. If you sow love, you're going to get love. If you sow compassion, when you need compassion, you'll get compassion. He said, if you're going to live a, a, a life and you're going to offend people, then, then you're going to get offense yourself. Whatever you give is going to come back to you, but it's going to come back to you multiplied. So if it's going to come back to you multiplied, I want to put a good seed in the ground, don't you? And First uh, Peter three four, the, he said, uh, uh, God said it in in His wisdom. He said that He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, that we might be partakers of the divine nature in life. So, including in including in that being the divine partakers is supernatural equipping, divine thoughts. Um, which create the, the word language that we need to have the, the harvest that we choose. Um, I'll stop here and just, because we're, we're about through with our time here, but uh, I was asking this question the other day, and, um, and so I'll just introduce it here, and then we'll talk about it more maybe another time. And I said, well... Uh, now, Lord, what about what about this right here? And um, he says, when when people ask me to do that, um, he said they're asking me to change it. In other words, change my situation, change my financial situation, or change my health situation, or change my relationship situation. But he said it doesn't always work that way. But I, I don't just change it. He said, you're going to have to walk away from some things. Hmm? You're going to have to walk away from some things. In other words, how did God change? How did God change things? So, uh, you know, without getting the situation, I was talking to him about a certain matter for myself. And he says, well, what was my first, what's my first recorded words? I thought, well, it'd be easy to find out. Let's see, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And you don't go down very few verses. You know what God, the first words that God said? That we know of. Y'all know? Let there be light. The first recorded words that we know that God ever spoke was let there be light or light be. And he's so... He says, when, you, when you're in a situation that you want it to change and it's ongoing and it doesn't seem to stop and you've done what you know to do and all you need to, need to know to do, he says, it's not what you're doing. It's not working. He said, you, need, you just need a greater understanding of it. So I said, what do you want me to say? He said, what did I say when I came to the earth and, and it was in chaos? And it was out of order. 
I said, you said light be or let there be light. He said, if you want to bring, if you want to bring your situation out of chaos, out of darkness, he said, say what I said, let there be light in this situation. Let there be light. In other words, I don't know what to do with this. Well, what you're telling him is you're, you don't have enlightenment. In it. You know, you're not illuminated to know what to do and how to change it. So how did God do it? Say, change anything. Well, he spoke the solution, didn't he? So if you don't know what the solution is, then you ask God for the light. Because he is light and you're the children of light. Light also stands for revelation and illumination. That's what Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would get a spirit of what wisdom and revelation so that you would know. Well, now, if he enlightens me with the spirit of wisdom and revelation, now I have understanding and I have enlightenment that I didn't have before I prayed that. So I said, Lord, what, 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 what do I do about this, this situation? And I'd like to, for it to change. He said, same thing I did in chaos. He said, my chaos was more than your chaos was. I said, well, that, that, that'd be true. I mean, you're clean, you probably cleaned up behind a pre-Adamic race. You know, and demonic wars and all kind of stuff and chaos going on. And he says, so the first thing I did when I saw all the chaos is he says, let there be, let there be light. Light be. So I got to studying that for a few days. And I was talking to some people about it. And uh, someone said, well, I know someone whom the Lord said told the same thing to. And said they were, uh, they said that actually there was a, a, a minister and they were also a business person. They, they had a, a ministry and they had a full-time business. And uh, their, the ministry was in uh, uh, financial dire straits. And for every bill that they could pay, there was 20 that couldn't. And so uh, this person said, they told me that you know they were sowing. They were speaking. They were speaking the word. They were thanking God for the answer. They were doing all the things that we know is scriptural and, and right to do in that situation. But to seem to be to no avail. And they had a business and it was doing terribly. And so the ministry looked like it was going to close and the ministry was going to go bank, bankrupt. And, then, and uh, they said uh, the Lord told them the same thing that you're telling me about. And they said, let, let there be light. And they said, within a few days, uh, he told them exactly the steps to take in the ministry to turn it, to turn it around. And said, the ministry is thriving now. And the business that almost was non-existent on life support is a multi-million dollar industry. In other words, God gave wisdom the spirit of wisdom and re revelation, you see, out of simply light be. Now, is light be still being enforced? 
And God didn't have to say it but once, did he? Now, his, his mind's renewed better than yours, to be honest with you, and mine. So we, want, we, we may say it more than once. Well, <clears throat> and uh, so immediately when he said that, I began to think of all kinds of scriptures. I'm thinking over in John chapter 1. In him was life, right? And that life was the what? The light of the world. And then he said, and then he deposited that into us, that life, and then we became the light. And he said, do you remember what I said in James when, he, when I told you that every good gift and perfect gift comes down what? And I said, from above. He says, that's not, that's not what that verse says. So I had to go look. I said, well, okay. I went and looked it up. I said, I said, every good gift and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. The Father of light. So you, you need something good to happen. You need some gifts to, to open up. He says, know this, that every good gift comes from the Father of light. Light. Now, uh, we'll, we'll stop here. Go to, go to Matthew 13, and, and, this is, and I'll have just enough time just to hopefully not make a mess out of it because we need to stop here. Matthew 13 is Matthew's account of what we call the parable of the sower. Verse 18, he said, Hear therefore the parable of the sower. Jesus said, When one hears the word of the kingdom, but does not understand it. He hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. So they, they, hear, they, they hear the word. They hear the word of the kingdom, but they have no understanding of it. Then cometh the wicked one, which is Satan, and he catches or takes away that which is sown in the heart. This is he which received by the wayside. Now we know towards the end of the, the, the chapter, it says, he that received... Um, verse 23, he that receives seed into the good ground, he hears the word and understands it and, it, and it bears fruit and brings forth some 100 and some 60 and some 30. And, of course, you know, we've got 30, 60, 100 fold. Now, what's changed here? Did, was different seeds used? No. Did the, did the sower change? So the only thing different is, if you read the whole chapter, is what? The hearer. The condition of the, the soil and those who's doing the hearing. So he said, uh, uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. And uh, uh, when he's teaching this, yeah, uh, real quickly, uh, verse 9. He said, who hath ears, Matthew 13, verse 9, who has the, he who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, why do you speak in parables? In other words, they're just as confused as everybody is. Why are you speaking in parables? Well, see, this is a law. And Jesus answered them and said unto them, because it's given for you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not given. 
In other words, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to you and I'm speaking to them and, and both of you hearing things. But he said, it's given for you to know the mysteries, to have revelation of it. To them it's not. For, and it's for a reason. He said, but whosoever hath, to him will be given. And he shall have more abundance, but whosoever hath not from him, even what he has shall be taken away from him. That which he does have. He who wants the light, he who wants the wisdom, he who wants the understanding, he says he'll receive more enlightenment, he'll receive more light, he'll receive more wisdom, he'll receive more revelation. But he who's just a hearer, who's just hearing, he won't receive it, be sitting in the same room with you, but won't receive and they both heard the same word. Now, no, no one understands that better in the fivefold ministry than the pastoral ministry because they get to see the same people all the time. Anyone in the ministry understands it all the time. And you don't have to even be in the ministry to know that if you just minister to people. But I'm just saying, when you're pastoring for a number of years, and um, I know I've told this story before, but I was uh, in a meeting years ago and Tracy Harris was the guest speaker and um, Tracy was here standing up on stage and there was I don't know one like six said two sets of chairs it was like six and uh, uh, not on the wall but on this, this next section right here uh, there was two people and at the end they taken the chairs off for places for wheelchairs and Tracy Harris was speaking and all of a sudden while I was speaking and uh, there was, I don't know, there was like 12 rows in that section. And uh, about the third row, they took the chair out at the end, and a guy was there in a wheelchair. And then right behind him was a guy in a wheelchair in the fourth row, both, you know, sitting at the end. It's like Mr. Keith sitting right there and Barbara's right there behind him. And just picture then Tracy's up here ministering, and he just looks back to him and he, he points. And he says, sir, the Lord told me, you know, and, and they've both been, you know, crippled for years and years, hadn't walked in years and years. The Lord said, if you'll stand up, you can walk and you can be free. And uh, uh, one guy didn't move at all in the front, and the guy behind him, he, he struggled to get up, and within three minutes he was walking. The first time he'd walked in over a decade, first step, and he was walking. And, of course, the, the, the room went ballistic. And so Tracy said to the guy in the wheelchair, he said, Sir, did you see what God just did? He said, Yes. He said, Why don't you do the same thing? He said, Because I'm paralyzed. He said, So was he. He said, But, Sir, you don't realize there's no way that I can walk. You, you, you don't understand my condition. And he says, sir, the guy behind you had been paralyzed most of his life, too. They just got up and walked. If it would help you to know this, I wasn't even talking to him. I was talking to you. But the guy that the word went to, he couldn't hear it. 
Tracy said, you know, I, I almost didn't tell the guy that because I didn't want him to think I wasn't supposed to get it and then get back in his chair and get behind again. But he said, I was, uh, the, the Lord was showing me you. But I'm just pointing like this and, you know, in the same direction. And uh, the guy that says, man, I got that. That's mine. He took it and he got out and he got out of the wheelchair and walked. And the other guy kept on saying, I can't. I can't. So they wheeled him out. And as far as I know, he's, you know, he's still bound to that chair. But the word was for him. So Jesus said to you, to us, it's been given the word to get it. He said, but those who don't, he said, they're here, but they don't hear. And they see, but they don't see. He said, understand it's here, but they don't understand. He said, but lest at any time that they see or hear, he said, they'll be converted. And they'll be, he said, I'll heal them. they'll be healed just like that. So what do I do when I don't know what to do? When I don't have understanding, God give me light. Let there be light. There's darkness in the situation. There's there's ignorance in the sense of not knowing. There's not revelation about what to do about the situation that I've I've been placed in. How do I come from here to here? Give me light. Give me the the gift that comes from the Father of lights. Hmm. And so, and there's many more scriptures uh, that would, uh, you know, really cement that in there and establish it. We just don't have time to go there. So, <clears throat> I think that's something that everybody can take from here tonight and say, I've got something in my life that I, you know, I, I believe the word's true, but I have some things that's been stubbornly hanging around for a while, and, it's, and, I, and I want them changed. Right. Well, the Lord's not going to go take your prayer and then go study to see if you can figure out a way to do it. Hmm? Someone said, well, you know, but my problem was self-imposed. But so was Jonas. Let me think his, his was self-imposed. Now, here's what's cool about that. Jonah repented. Then he says, and then he said... <laughs> Uh, Jonas was in the, 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 the belly of the whale for three days. And Jonas said, these symptoms, I said, I, I'm actually in this whale. Mm. And he knows why he's in the whale. And he said, but my symptoms are nothing more than lying vanities. But when he repented, he's only in the whale because of rebellion. But when he repented, God used the whale to transport him to Nineveh. Got him to Nineveh and spit him out. I mean, you're, you're already in there. You might as well get a ride, right? <laughs> Take you to Nineveh. And <laughs> that's about where God wanted you. <laughs> Go take a shower and get to preaching. <laughs> so you might have self-inflicted some stuff upon yourself like I have. That's all right. So he repented, and, and what did he do? Light came. And all, had to, all God had to do was just talk to that whale and say, you know, we all got a little belly ache, and here, here comes Jonah. Pfft, whatever. Well, light came. Light came. Light came. Light came. And when light comes, you understand it's there. So most breakthroughs, if not every breakthrough that you'll ever receive in life, will come through an understanding of revelation that you didn't understand before. Amen. I mean... There's, there's no struggle there. It's just, it's just 
that analogy I've used so many times, that the water's behind the dam, but as soon as they open the gate, it's gonna flow freely. But then while it stays closed, you know, there's no activity. So God's already supplied. He's not looking for supply. When the understanding and light comes, the gate just opens and it flows. By grace, it flows freely. Amen. And so that's exactly, uh, you know, what he's sharing with me. He says, well, I said, well, this situation, that situation. He said, why don't you just do what I did? He said, that is my first recorded word. Light be. And he could have said a lot of things. You know, I don't know what the earth looked like at that point, but it was a mess. But none, none, of, none of the chapter records the chaos of the, of the earth that I know of. Right? It, it just gives us the order of creation. He did this on this day. He did this on this day. He did this on this day. And he did this day. And a lot of times what we call praying is we spend time telling God how bad it is. And God spent no time in Genesis chapter 1 telling us how chaotic the earth was. He didn't want chaos. So he released the light of himself into it. And he said, light be. I mean, you got some things in your life that you don't want anymore that we could talk about it. We could, you know, we could say, let me tell you how bad my situation is. We could sit here for half a day and talk about it. But it wouldn't change anything. Because the only thing that changed the earth was thoughts and words, those two elements. So if you want to overcome fact, then you're going to have to supersede it with the, with the law of faith. And you're going to have to do that with proper thoughts and proper words and to get your understanding of, I don't know what to do next. In other words, I, I've, done, I've done this, I've done this, and I've done this. And God may have some, some natural things for you to go do. And then if you'll ask for the light... And you say, light be, then begin to expect an answer. And light will come. And just like the seed goes in the ground, he says, you don't understand that. He says, but you sleep night and day. You don't know how. But as soon as you put the seed in, you know, the principle in 1 Corinthians 4, which was that which was hidden, will, will, will be brought forth in the light. And then we'll see and know exactly, even though it was hidden, the not knowing the wondering what stage it is, you know, what's happening, we can't see, but the day comes, we're going to say, there it is. There it is. There it is. So you put the right seed in, right, and you get the understanding. And so what can, what can you do with proper thoughts and proper words and, and, and light? Hmm? Well, I hadn't thought about this, but you could have seeds and dirt and water. What you going to, but how do you grow? Uh, well, no, there, there's, that's good. This is good. Simple, but we, we, we always said, you know, to grow something, we need ground, seed, and water, but that's not totally true. What you going to do without light? You know, and if you're going to go in a place and renovate it like the earth, maybe God wants some light to work around with. <laughs> We're going to need some light first off, you know. In the Bahamas right now, what are, they, what are they trying to restore? Well, everything. Well, are they trying to build houses right now? No. What are they trying to restore right now? I know what Keith knows. I mean, their, their host, I mean, I don't know if all of it, the old grid system or whatever you call it, you know, I mean, the, 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 I mean, we, we, we got some light. We got some electricity. 
We're not we're not going to be able to rebuild anything if we don't have, you know if we don't have some current, some electrical current, some power. God wants to do some work in the earth. He says, first thing I'm going to need some light. So he said, light be. Well, I got some something. I I got a call. I got a destiny to go do. Well, let's well give me some light so I can go see what to do. Hmm. Well, there we go. That ought to make you happy.